Hello and welcome to The Nature Pod, a weekly conversation and invitation to join me and my guests as we navigate pathways to nature, as prescribed in forest bathing and the practice of Shinrin-yoku. Let's awaken our senses to all that is around us as my fellow walkers in life, friends, experts in the field of health, wellness and ecotherapy share their stories of nature connection and their insights into personal development. I'm Suzanne Radford, forest therapy practitioner, communication coach and radio presenter, lover of the great outdoors, guiding people through nature to a place of calm, clarity and contentment. I have found some of the best conversations, ideas and inspiration happen when walking and spending time in nature. So let's connect and see where it takes us. In this episode, I'm joined by Sophia Berger. She lives in London, but along with her family has spent the past three months in lockdown at their home in the Algarve. Sophia is 22 and approached me to share her insights of what life is like for Gen Z. We're sitting outside our house in the early evening and Frank the puppy is there too. I begin by asking Sophia what she does when she isn't in lockdown in Portugal. I've been to two universities, um, completed neither. (laughs) Currently still at King's but you know with this lockdown it really puts your life into perspective so I'm contemplating doing all sorts of different things. And yeah I love being in the outdoors um, I think, especially in my generation, we're really learning to come to terms with how important it is and how valuable it is, um, alongside being obsessed and with technology and everything. Um, no, it, yeah, I love to be in the outdoors and I've learned to really appreciate it during my time here. Describe what you're looking at at the moment. To the far-reaching views where the ocean is. Um, and it's like a 360 view landscape of hillsides and mountaintops. It's it is beautiful. Uh, is that the sea? It is the sea. You almost see like the curvatures of the coastline going up, and then in the daytime when it's a bit clearer than this, you can actually see the brighter blues and then the darker blues after. It's so clear. That's actually something that I really appreciate when I'm here is the like, the absolute vastness of land that you get to see, which you don't get to see. Well, being in London or being in any city, really. It's absolutely spectacular. It's a beautiful spot. Is there something you're particularly appreciating or enjoying at the moment in nature? I've been taking a lot of walks. You know, living in London and having a sort of nine-to-five routine, um, I find it quite difficult to get to the outdoors and really, like, appreciate it and, you know, smell the roses. Whereas here, yeah, I think the most thing, the thing I appreciate the most at the moment is the stillness of it. And how, because we've been, what, almost three months now in lockdown, it feels almost timeless. And I like, at first, the novelty wears off of, oh, I've got all this free time and, you know, I don't need to do anything. But actually getting out and doing productive stuff, like even just learning what name that tree is or, like, walking amongst, yeah, other people that live in the outdoors. Um, So, yeah, I think time and how there is no real concept of time when you're in the outdoors, I've really learned to appreciate it and just take take my time in doing things. Your father was pointing out there's a little head point at the top. They actually pointed that out to me the first time when we were here a few weeks in. They wanted to walk there and because we're fostering a puppy at the moment, I'm normally up at 6am for feeding time. And one morning I just thought, right, I'm going to go and try and find a route to walk to it. And I did. It took me about 45 minutes and you walk quite a long way but you don't pass any houses you don't pass any people well actually having said that I do pass a shepherd now every time I go and it's such a real comfort because 
we sort of smile and wave at each other and even that in itself just seeing him and his face sort of lights up when I come and vice versa so it's that's really sweet and then you get to the bottom of this hill and it's about a good steep incline for 20 or so minutes up to the top but once you get to the top it's the most breathtaking view I've definitely seen a very long time. I actually felt quite emotional when I got to the top the first time and I told my parents to to definitely worth taking a visit. It's just gorgeous. You, yeah, you can see the whole coastline and all the other mountains and you can see the other trig points that are on the different mountainsides around you. Yeah, it's really beautiful and I've been going up there at 6am and I sit there, get to the top, sit there for about 20 minutes and just, yeah, in silence as well, you know, appreciating not having my phone or headphones and I don't really normally like silence but learning to appreciate yeah what's going on around me and not listening to music yeah it's been really nice actually so that's quite interesting because some of the things we've been hearing about and reading about and talking about on the podcast as well are things like silence and Mm. people that can sit with silence and some people find it they don't like the feeling of silence. They need to yeah. have something to fill that space. One of the articles we were looking at and uh, one of the writers we were discussing, Richard Louvre, was saying that with younger people, it's because they've grown up always with some noise or sound around mm. them from technology, TV. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, even when I sleep, you know, in a room which you'd expect to be silent, I have a fan on because I love the sound of a fan. Um, and even my mum was drying her hair the other day and I was lying down on the bed and I fell asleep. And I found it so comforting. And she then later told me that when I was a baby, she used to lie me on the bed and dry her hair. And that used to be her way of getting me to sleep. So I really appreciate noise. And I have a brilliant app called Headspace on my phone. Um, I use a lot of the sleep casts to tell stories, to send me to sleep. Um, I'm not great with silence. Um, it's not necessarily that I don't there's like I don't like my own thoughts it's not that it's just I yeah I think I've always grown up around noise as well I mean living growing up here in the countryside there was always noise around me whether it was the but I mean the bird song here is immense um and my dad is particularly (laughs) loud (laughs) and we always had friends over and we lived in quite a, a small house so there was yeah there was just always stuff going on um, so I've always associated silence with, yeah, just not, I don't like it. I don't like it. But having said that, I've learned to appreciate some of it when I'm outside in nature. I mean, when I walked to that point, I brought my headphones and I brought my phone and I thought, oh, I'll listen to music. And I honestly listened to about two or three songs. And I thought, actually, I'm going to listen to just nothing and the sounds around me and it's not even that I noticed there was silence at any point at all. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I love... I Yeah, since being here, silence has treated me well. <laughs> you said that it made you feel a bit emotional. Why do you think that was? Um, I don't really know. I mean, it's... Other than the view being beautiful in itself, um, it was quite overwhelming seeing the amount of greenery around and the sort of emptiness of it all and... It's the second time in my life, the first time I went, now I get it every time I go, but it was the second time in my life I really didn't think about anything or anyone. Um, And I was just appreciating what was in front of me. And I think that's why I now do it three or four times a week because 
it's the only time I can really get away from everything and not having my phone near me is a big part of that um, and I know in my generation it's sort of like our best friend it's with us the whole time but I've been really aware of how technology has affected me negatively in my life as well and especially on my mental health and so yeah taking a step back and walking through nature I've really learned to appreciate that is that sense of that feeling to do linked to the lockdown or is it because you've had just more time yeah I mean the first couple of weeks of lockdown I really did nothing um, and I spent a lot of time watching tv and catching up on movies people had recommended and it's nice for a few days and to be actually learning a lot about myself in this lockdown I thought I could go a long time not doing anything and just watching stuff and lying in bed all day um you know when people when your friends say oh let's just do nothing all day you think oh yeah that sounds great and then you after a couple of days I got really bored um and then being at the top of that mountain it's just yeah it was just really also not seeing any people um and being comfortable with that because I love people I love hanging around people and actually coming to terms with solitude I think there's a huge difference between solitude and loneliness and I've never felt lonely being here I always feel comfortable being on my own here which I don't actually get um, a lot of the time in the UK because I feel like there's so much going on all the time and you might feel like you're missing out but here I've really yeah I learned to love being by myself it was lovely that you approached me to, to be part of the podcast why was that I think nature is so important. I think in our generation, we're big, big advocates and activists for environmental change. And I think it doesn't get, you don't get a lot of opportunities to really be in nature, op, you know, opt to be there, especially for people my age who love to live in big cities and go out and have fun and party and stuff like that. It's hard to really think, oh, I'll go on a long country walk and that's actually what I really want to do. And I think listening to your previous guests and other podcasts that I've listened to it's it's distracting I think the nicest thing about this lockdown is well one of the nice things is to be able to take yourself away from everything and I felt that listening to your podcast was really helpful for that um to distance yourself from the realities of the world which we shouldn't all do but it's good to do it for half an hour or so um I found it helps me a lot perhaps being on top of that hill made me feel guilty in a way for not doing more than I could um, or can at the moment with everything going on so yeah it's a nice distraction from everything going on well I was thrilled because we've been talking about um, well, it was one of the episodes about I think it was the first episode with George when we were talking about Richard Louv's book and he was saying the um, younger generation are the loneliest generation ever, which is quite yeah. something. And when we've done shows, I've done radio shows on mental health, you know, stats would come up about highest rates of depression or the highest rates mm. of suicide would be, you know, men under 35 and mm. anxiety and people, you know, children in school, suffering, you know, eight-year-olds suffering from anxiety. And it's like, what is going on? I know, <sighs> It's interesting, though, because all these stats, of course, make, you know, make sense. But with technology and everything, and especially with my generation, I feel there isn't so much of a stigma around mental health. So more people are feeling open to talk about it. And I think maybe that's why, you know, we show the greatest numbers for the most oppression. Perhaps it's true or perhaps it's just more people feel comfortable talking about it. I know that I've suffered um, with anxiety 
before and I suffer from it now, but it's not a question of getting rid of it. It's a question of managing it and doing things that make you comfortable, not even make you happy, but just make you sort of feel okay. Um, and I've definitely found that being here, I def- I wanted to go home. <laughs> when I was in the first month or so of being here, I thought I really miss my friends and I feel left out. But now I really don't want to go back because I'm finally in a place of feeling comfortable on my own and not being near well now with platforms with social media I've taken a step back because it can be so overwhelming as it's brilliantly educational as well especially with the Black Lives Matter movement that's happening at the moment it's truly wonderful but it's also not great (laughs) for your mental health and sometimes you do just need to take a step back Hello, Frank. He's having a nice nibble on the microphone. He's a lovely boy, isn't he? Yeah, he's cool. So you've fostered him. So many people have been doing this through the lockdown. It's a nice project, actually, in itself, just having a dog to look after and raise. I don't know how I'll give him back, but that's a a different story. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but he's lovely. He's doing really well. You've done a good job on him. Yeah, being able to channel my mind into doing something good here with him and trying to find him a family and give him the space to run around and get better yeah no that's been really lovely actually having him around let's have a talk a little bit about memories of being in nature have you got a place that stands out or it could be a walk it could be a place it could be anything connected to nature I think for me that's quite easy actually it's always the sea being on the sea more than being by it as well I mean I grew up by the sea which I'm always grateful for and that was our sort of playground as kids Um, so I learnt to swim from a very young age and I just I've always loved the sea and my dad loves the sea I think his first love is the ocean (laughs) so from a young age we've always been made to feel comfortable around it and my favourite my favourite thing to do where I think I feel the most happy was my scuba diving experience which is really hard to put into words I mean breathing underwater for example is not like anything you'd ever experience um it's the closest thing compared to what it would be like outer space and it's silent (laughs) for someone who hates silence which i do it's the most intense form of silence you can imagine and the only thing you can hear is your breathing um which becomes quite hypnotic as well after a while you're sort of floating in this unknown land yeah being on the ocean and being underwater i find where i'm most at peace and it's something I'll continue to do for the rest of my life you have no worry in the world you don't think about anything or anyone you got weights literal weights on your back which are pushing you further and further down but as you see the seabed you you want to go further down you're seeing all this you know these scurries of fish and we went with a my dad and I went with a couple and they said that there was a turtle an ancient turtle that no one had seen for years and we were swimming and one of them just started (laughs) (laughs) biting you put a glove on yeah (laughs) one of them was freaking out um because they'd just seen a turtle and it was that ancient turtle which they haven't seen so that stands out as a huge memory where was that in Greece just off the coast of Naxos which is quite a popular destination for scuba diving because of the nightlife the nightlife the sea life um (laughs) (laughs) looking at the dog the dog's just screwing off with the cushion now if I can't nibble her hand anymore (laughs) I'm taking the cushion with me take the cushion with you that's it yeah no being underwater seeing everything interact with one another because it's so foreign to us we really don't there is so much to discover about the ocean which we're yet to find out about 
and I love it. The colours, um, the clear water. I can't say I'd feel the same scuba diving in the dark. But, you know, when you're under, you just, you feel like you're visiting a different planet almost. It's so beautiful and colourful. And even noticing the, sim- the really simple things like the sun rays on the ocean and looking up at the surface and just feeling so distant from any form of normal life. I recommend it to everyone and anyone, actually. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but I love it. And it's the best way to escape how the world is turning out to be, (laughs) which is scary. Um, So, yeah, it's a really good way to escape and clear your mind. There's a pandemic and we've got Black Lives Mm. Matter. That's enough to make anybody feel worried. But what do you think generally is what what young people really care about and, and what's worrying them today? This is where, you know, platforms like Instagram come into real use because um, I went to a protest on the weekend and that was an incredible experience. And I just think with my generation, it's 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 just about being proactive about what you feel passionate about um, and not just talking about it and going out and doing something. I think climate change and the environment is a huge worry for all of us. Um, but then I know so many people who are trying to do better. I mean, my, my best friend runs and well, works for an NGO called the Halla Foundation and they're based in Africa and they educate farmers to use their land um, with the resources that they, they have from nature, um, which can then be taught onto their kids. And, their, and that, that sort of stuff should be happening all over. I think it's all about the sort of like sustainability of the earth that, yeah, my generation really needs to hone in on and using what we have. And I think trying to make better of the situation, equality comes with um, the environment, you know. Um, There is so much discrimination around the world which everyone needs to work on. And if that doesn't get worked on first, then the environment's, you know, that comes second almost. We're really trying to work towards something different I don't you know it's easy to say better but what is better you know so I think yeah everyone's you know working together to try and I mean Greta Thunberg she's epic (laughs) and she's doing great things for climate change and I think it's hard for young people because you know adults like to tell kids what to do when actually you know especially with my brother's generation which is mine but slightly younger yeah it's they have really powerful voices and strong opinions that don't get heard a lot of the time and at the end of the day it's them that's going to live in the world when the other generation goes so yeah I think yeah nature and climate change and equality really really all come as one um, as the major number one top priority um, to help in the world. Where do you think young people feel the most pressure I mean, it's it's difficult. I do think it's an accumulation. I mean, like I was saying with um, the depression and anxiety, I think a lot of people suffer with it um, still. And just because they speak about it doesn't mean they deal with it any better. Especially, you know, when I sort of reached 18, 19, I became aware of anxieties and what can make you feel sad and you know talking about it with your friends and realizing a lot of people feel that way and it it doesn't always have to be triggered by something um I mean for women particularly of course there's this body image which I've definitely struggled with in in my youth with um you know what what's the right shape and right mind and health and all these lifestyles that you should be doing but you're not doing Um, So I think girls have really struggled with that. I know myself and a lot of my girlfriends have really struggled with that. The climate is a huge concern. Um, I mean, I was looking after some 
kids in London, two young girls, and one of them was 12 and one of them was five. And the 12-year-old sort of seemed to get a grip of what was going on, but the five-year-old was just terrified because they'd started teaching about it in school. And I just think, yeah, there's there's ways to approach it and there's ways to educate people that's not terrifying them and in, inflicting fear on them, which... I mean, the huge anxiety trigger is looking at world news every day. I mean, it's terrifying. And there's also so much bad stuff going on that we're not aware of and we don't get told about. But the media coverage that we are, you know, shown is usually always negative. You know, compared to when I was your age, where we didn't have phones and we our source of news or information was the television, the radio and the newspaper well you could choose whether you pick that newspaper up and read it whatever age you are if we've got a mobile phone and we're on social media we're bombarded with it so then yeah. the choice have, is whether you put the phone down and not exactly. look at it but and it's they hard. have these algorithms now you know especially with facebook and instagram as well where you'll look up something and they sort of follow you around with it and that's really scary and you know you joke about it but you think God, I mean, is anyone, is everyone listening to our conversations? It is, it is scary, social media, and, you know, bad news sells. Which is, I don't think our generation is bothered about money per se. It's not about climbing the corporate ladder. I think it's more the company as a whole and the success of the company as a whole. Yeah, working together, I think, is a big thing about our generation, which I think differs from my parents' generation, for example, where it was sort of, you know, you've got to do it yourself and see where your path takes you. Whereas I think teamwork and leadership in group is a big thing within my generation. So that's interesting if teamwork and leadership within a group is a big thing, but yet at the same time, the lifestyle is to be working remotely, not in an office, not in a group, not with other people. Interesting what your real need and want is and actually Mm. what is being... Happening in the world. I think everyone likes to be independent and you know we all like to think we can do our own thing but at the end of the day we like people and we like to be around other people we're social creatures especially me I mean I've it's I'm 22 and I've only just learned to really be alone like be alone like to be alone I mean I never thought I would like it so much (laughs) you know to the point where I don't really want to go I mean I miss my friends but I'm really not that bothered because before where I would always plan in the future now I'm sort of thinking well you know I'm gonna see them soon so why bother rushing it you know and just appreciate the moment which yeah I think what actually that's an interesting point with you know what stresses our generation out is planning everything's sort of like the future the future the future and what are you going to do and it's really drilled into you um and no one really sort of appreciates i don't know what they're the breath breathing or you know the the fact they're able to walk around and really simple things like that being able to see color (laughs) you know that's something i with my walks in nature i've really learned to appreciate my senses being heightened i've been watching lots of um documentaries as opposed to films and i watched an amazing stevie wonder documentary and I love Stevie Wonder and it's just his positivity and his happiness and through watching that and also the struggles that he went through and Otis Redding and he spoke on it and it was it was just really interesting how people can always find happiness but you just have to learn to really appreciate what you have been given and what you have every day because it can be taken away from you in, in any moment. Um, especially growing up in my friendship group and in my family. The last year has been quite turbulent with losing quite a few loved ones. So I think, yeah, you just learn to appreciate a lot more um, and more when you're on your own. 
So if you were to describe nature, if there was a word for you that sums up either an experience or nature or, or any aspect of that, a word that comes to mind? Probably peace. I mean, I cringe at it almost because it's so predictable, I think, in a sense, when you think of nature and being alone, you think of it being peaceful. But it really is, especially in my case, the most at peace I feel is when I am in nature. Yeah, it's truly, I, I just wish more people learned to appreciate it more, especially whilst, you know, it's it's not good and in a lot of places around the world I mean with only you know half the Amazon left and with deforestation and David Attenborough um who I love and adore um you know you really hone in on how it's going away so I think you know especially when we're older and our kids generation and so on I think it's just so important to appreciate what's around you in the moment and not plan too far ahead my anxiety in particular you know I've had time to reflect and think about things that make me happy and things that don't I love to keep a diary and make notes of places I want to go and things I want to do and I just said right okay I'm going to stop doing that for a couple of weeks and see if it makes a difference and it seriously did um just not having you know even simple things like oh tomorrow I'm going to do this this and that because when you don't achieve any of that the next day you go to bed feeling quite deflated and and like you haven't achieved anything and not even that you were really supposed to yeah I think it's really hard to um be in the moment but also because everything is at your disposal all the time you're constantly surrounded by people I mean people traveling the world and showing these amazing photos and videos or you know hearing about new jobs and new friends I just think it, it's all very overwhelming all the time 24 7 there's always something going on so I, and you don't want to miss out on any of it so you're trying to cram it in all the time um and even if you just have a day of doing nothing it's for me it's you know not feeling bad that you didn't do anything today and just accept it and you know oh maybe I'll do this or maybe I'll do that but not having it written down this is what I'm going to do which I love to do for a lot of things but I found that my sort of stress and paranoia comes a lot from thinking into the future massively yeah so if you were with your friends or a friend and somebody was feeling really stressed mm. and you were to say look come with me let's go for a walk if you were to sort of paint that picture or describe if somebody was going well why would I go for a walk you know let's have a drink instead or let's you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go, go party instead yeah. but you know it's totally understandable yeah, yeah. I mean I think a big part of that is sort of putting your own like how you feel about certain situations and trying to ease them and you know I'm not great meditation and breathing techniques um which people always tell me I should do I'm I get bored and I'm sort of impatient and once a, a thought is there it sort of festers so it's not yeah I, I'm not good at the whole breathing and meditation so a walk is the best form of therapy I mean you've got everything around you to look at um I think a big yeah going without any form of um, music or any podcast, anything, just being on your own or being with a friend and being surrounded by trees and animals and having a lot to look at. I mean, there's always stuff going on. I mean, I, when I was walking, even seeing trees move, you don't feel alone because they're sort of like moving with you um, and hearing birds and like seeing little rabbits, which we've got so many here and seeing little rabbits run around. So there's always stuff to look at. Um, 
And when you've got nothing, you know, blocking you, like headphones or anything, your senses are heightened. So just hearing what's going on and talk, talking is so important, just letting out what's on your mind. And also, I think for me, the biggest, the best advice to someone who is having a friend going through that is to not give advice and sort of just listen and just be almost like a bush or a tree that they can just talk at and not have to have I I think therapy is a marvelous thing but sometimes it's just good to let it off your chest and then deal with it in your own way and not have anyone give you feedback almost and I've definitely learned that dealing with things on my own I, I deal with them a lot quicker if I'm on my own um, then if people are giving me different opinions and advice. So, yeah, I think long walks. Long walks also to the point where you feel quite out of breath because exercise is great. I'm particularly unfit, but being here, I've been able to really, yeah, focus on my level of fitness and how happy I do feel coming back from a walk or a run. Um, it really does great things and, you know, they do promote that, but sometimes you just think, I can't be bothered, um, which is why I started walking. But walking to the point where you actually get quite out of breath, it all sort of brings up these endorphins and sometimes I found that <laughs> I've, I've walked a couple of times where I've walked to the, a certain point and then I cry and then I'm fine and then I walk back and, yeah, I've, I just think walking is really therapeutic and walking where you've got no cars or no sirens, no sort of obstacles you know in front of you like walking in a city where you have buildings and stuff going on and just being alone and this this sense of timelessness and not having to be worried about what time it is or having to be worried about you know what you've got to do for the rest of the day just taking enough time out of your day to walk alone (laughs) what would be a parting gift or something you'd like to share to appreciate what goes on in the world but also taking time out leave your phone (laughs) inside (laughs) or just turn it off for a day see if you can do that because if you can't do that then you really you know need to listen to yourself and start taking action because I definitely struggle to leave my phone in for more than a few hours and it's not good when there's so much to see all the time Um, even reading a book I've never been a big reader but since the lockdown I've picked up books and read yeah I'd say readings really help me and also I know I've been talking a lot about silence but making playlists of music that makes you feel really happy Um, I have a particular playlist that I play when I'm on my way back sometimes from my walk and it's always the same songs and there's only about five or six but it it is a real comfort in the music that you love um, no matter what it is and sometimes whether it's the lyrics or the melody particularly I find with melodies it really soothes my mood um so yeah playlists and book reading Sophia Berger thank you very much for your time today it's been a real pleasure thanks for joining me on the nature pod thank you very much oh just look at that view gosh you're never going to want to go back to London I know I never will You've been listening to The Nature Pod with Suzanne Radford. For more on my nature therapy walks and workshops for stress management, check out thenaturepod.com or on social media at Forest Bathing Algarve. And if you'd like to share your stories of nature connection and join me on The Nature Pod, then get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. I leave you now with an invitation to close your eyes and notice the sounds that are around you. Sounds that are in the distance and sounds that are closer to you. Tune into the rhythm and sound of your breath in sync with the sounds of nature. 
and notice how it feels.